now. I am so excited to welcome in studio my good friend, Dale Kuyenga. It's always good hanging out with you. Yes. Well, this is great. And you are in a new role. I, we have not officially like talked about your new role. So what is it like being on the other side? For those who don't know, you were a state senator uh, for the state of Wisconsin. We worked on tax policy, infrastructure policy, education policy. And now you, you got out of that. Now you're on the other side. So I how love does it. it. Feel? I, okay. I love it because I, I never believe that you should be in office in perpetuity. I believe you go and you serve. And I see it's similar like my military service. I go, I serve, I come home. And my service in the state was that it was service. I want to serve 12 good years. And now it's a new role. And what I love about this new role is I had a very robust business career the last 20 years, CPA, a lot of consulting and the CFO, CFO space. And then I also had the political knowledge. And so going at the MMAC, the chamber here, is I'm able to apply all my knowledge of public policy and my business knowledge, but yet start a new career. But all that information helps. And MMAC has done so much. I think people don't understand the national impact that MMAC has had. I mean, School Choice started right here in Milwaukee. MMAC was the lead proponent of School Choice with several allies, and now School Choice is gaining traction nationwide. And that started right here in Milwaukee, and MMAC is part of that. So the opportunity to get engaged in all sorts of different issues and retain businesses and fight for uh, better livability and uh, growth and get talent here, that's all in my wheelhouse. I'm looking forward to keeping that up. Well, you are doing so far so good, and <laughs> I, I love it, and uh, the way that you position, and your enthusiasm. I mean, I've seen you everywhere. You hosted the show a couple of times. Actually, for Steve Scafidi, you were in a couple of times. It was fun. It's a hard job. You do you do great. You do 100 times better than I did. Oh, gosh, no. Well, well thank you, but eh, we'll let the listeners decide on that. So I want to dive into a couple of topics uh, that we had discussed earlier on. We're not going to talk about the races here in Wisconsin. I think those have been covered enough. But you have an interesting connection to the Chicago mayor's race. What is the impact of the outcome there, and how does it impact Milwaukee? Well, first of all, it is in Milwaukee's best interest to have a vibrant, healthy Chicago. We are a mega economy, that whole region that swings around Indiana, uh, Michigan, Indiana, Chicago, Wisconsin quarter. It's very important that that whole region is healthy. And I'm not a big fan of this, uh, uh, this, oh, Chicago loses, so we win. With that being said, and I grew up in Chicago, by the way. I, my first 20 years of my life were in Chicago. I've now been in Wisconsin for 24 years. So I'm Wisconsin through and through, Milwaukee through and through. But the point on that is, we want to root for a healthy Chicago. And unfortunately, uh, I think the, the election in Chicago points to someone that it would, is not as business friendly as, as the Paul Vallis. Paul Vallis is a good friend of mine. Um, he went to my church growing up. He's, he's a generation older than my, me. He was a Chicago Public Schools uh, superintendent. They went to Philadelphia. And then when Hurricane Katrina hit Louisiana, he was the guy who took over the school district, and he did all charter schools, and test scores went through the roof. So Paul Vallis, great guy, is a military veteran as well, uh, and he lost by a squeaker in Chicago. And I think there's going to be a lot of interest in Chicago from some businesses to look for other places to invest, and we'll definitely be making the pitch to whoever wants to listen to that, that Milwaukee's an alternative. You still want to stay in the Midwest and have great talent and great amenities like here we are. So uh, rooting for Chicago, um, I think Paul Vallis would have been better for business in Chicago. But uh, it was an interesting race. So sorry to see him lose. Man, we'll keep our eye on it. 
No, that 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 is fascinating to understand that that personal connection. And you know, as a, someone who works with real estate, and you know, in my job, my full time job, while I'm not here, you know, we look at Chicago as as a, as a partner. A right. regional partner in a, in a lot of this. Yes, from a site selection standpoint, we prefer that they come over the border. Uh, but in many ways and shapes and forms, when you have a big company, even if they're in northern Illinois, the the spinoff business that comes and that kind of halo effect will continue on and impact uh, South Wisconsin and, and Wisconsin as a whole. And we sell Chicago as well. I mean, the M7 is the economic development arm of MMAC. And we're trying to attract successfully uh, businesses from around the world to invest here. And one of the reasons you're seeing a lot of investment in that the corridor between Milwaukee and the Illinois border is because they like the proximity to talent and market market and infrastructure in that corridor. So, or, so very important. Just like you are in commercial real estate, you know, we're looking at economic development. We we really want to see a successful Northern Illinois as well. So. Switching gears here to the state budget, obviously we saw the governor came out with his proposal, which was summarily dismissed, and now a new budget is being developed by the State of Wisconsin Joint Finance Committee. What is your take on what's happening with the big issues? Where are the priority areas going to be with the authors of this new budget? Well, I'll focus on the Milwaukee issues that we're really focused on. Is The first one is that the... Kids that attend a private school with the choice program or kids that attend a public school, but a public school that happens to be a charter school, those kids are receiving $2,000, $2,500, some cases $3,000 less than their public school counterparts. So you think about it, someone whose families are making very good money in the top 5 10%, and their kids go to public school, they're, they're getting more money for their student at the public school than a child who qualifies for the voucher program, which is poverty or slightly above poverty. And our argument is simply that a child's a child and this funding for those children should be the same no matter what type of school they go to. And right now our charter schools and our choice schools are are, are trying to fill that gap by fundraising. Uh, they're filling that gap by paying their teachers less. That's the big one, is yeah. they're paying their teachers less. And I don't see why any teacher that's doing any sixth grade social studies or eighth grade math or whatever it is, that that teacher should be taking a discount because they're teaching a different type of school. So a child's a child. We should fund those child fully uh, at, at equivalent to penny, not contingent on what type of school they're funding. So that's our number one priority. Um, the second one we're looking at is Milwaukee has a revenue problem. Uh, the state doesn't give Milwaukee the power to raise its own revenue. You can't raise property taxes. You can't raise the sales tax. You're, you're very, very, very limited. Mm-hmm. We're lobbying for or advocating for uh, two things. First of all, shared revenue was a deal that all communities throughout Wisconsin, when they gave us the power to do certain taxation, the state of Wisconsin said, well, we'll take the money in at the state level and then we'll share it with local governments. And that number has been completely stagnant for decades. Um, under both Democrats and Republicans, it's been stagnant. And Act 10 helped a lot out with tools, but didn't give them additional revenue. And that's kind of run its course. So we need your revenue to increase. Um, that goes towards police and fire, which we definitely need more of. And the other thing is Milwaukee needs some sort of sales tax flexibility. They need sales tax in order to deal with pension issues that are, that are specific to Milwaukee. Because Milwaukee has its own pension. The rest of the state's on a state system. Sure. And also there's other, you know, take care of the parks, take care of the police, take care of the fire. So we really want to see have Milwaukee have more power 
to, to make the decisions locally. Well, and you see that issue as being a, a bipartisan issue. I know I'm involved in, in some of those conversations. You are. Uh, about the, the flexibility for the sales tax. But that shared revenue issue, um, I was out at Joint Finance on uh, earlier this week, and you heard it from Waukesha County Executive Paul Farrell. Yeah. You heard it from Common Council President Jose Perez. You heard it from Mayor Johnson. I mean, this is a bipartisan and statewide issue. It is. And I think it's a lot of it comes back to public safety. I mean, there's core government governance functions of our local governments that they have to pay for. And they're feeling exactly what our families are feeling. That's a 10 percent increase in inflation. And so even if they look to increase shared revenue by 10 percent, that's just breaking even with inflation. And you have to pay your police officers. You have to pay your fire department. And so and you've seen our roads this time of year. It's oh, <laughs> a good point to point this yes. out. So that money has to, the state has billions and billions and billions of dollars. So the state is sitting on tons of money. And yet our counties and cities are in the opposite position. They are in a tough financially austere environment. And so there has to be a rebalancing of, of power and revenue sharing between the state and the locals. Dale Kuyanga, Senior Vice President with the Metro Milwaukee, Metropolitan Milwaukee Chamber of Commerce. Do you have faith that we're going to come to a solution in this go around, because we've been talking about this for for years, for cycles. I have faith. I well, a lot of credit to certain individuals. The mayor of Milwaukee um, and the county exec from Milwaukee have spent a lot of time in the capital with individuals from the other party, with individuals from other parts of the state, explain the situation, and even before explaining the situation, creating a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so the, I think that the relationship between Milwaukee and the legislature, or say just Madison in general, is better now than it's ever been, um, since I've been in Wisconsin for decades. I'm a little nervous that if things don't go exactly the way we all want them to go, that, that, that could be, that, that it could go the other way. Um, but hopefully not. There's been a lot of time spent there. And, and I think when you say there's a solution to this budget, I think for most public policy issues, you don't usually come to a solution in one, like, one mm-hmm. moment in one budget. You would know that, right? You're right. <laughs> and what you do is you you stay at it, you stay at it, you stay at it, and you you get there with you want by taking one step at a time. Now, I'm hoping this is a big, big, big step. <laughs> right? That would be wonderful. Because yeah. the time's calling for that. I mean, if you look at the numbers, the increase in pension liability for just the city of Milwaukee is $100 million. So if you drive by City Hall and you would to a magic wand and say, well, just eliminate every single job in that building, Everyone in the city hall, all the element, all the mayor, all the offices in there, that only saves you half of the amount of money you need just for the increase in pension cost that the city of Milwaukee is going to realize. So, you know, we can't lose any more. I'm going to focus on police because it's top of mind. We can't lose any more police. And if you look at where the budget is being spent, the budget is being spent majority of it on police and fire. And if they have to cut that much money, like it's going to be police and fire and our communities just cannot afford more cuts to public safety. Well, I'm, I'm I'm encouraged to hear that they are looking really thoughtfully at solutions. And you start with those relationships. Dale Kuyenga, Senior Vice President with the MMAC. When we come back, I want to ask you about the startup community. I know this is another issue that you're very passionate about. I'm Tracy Johnson, in for Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
Welcome back on WTMJ. We are in studio with Dale Kuyenga, Senior Vice President with the MMAC. I really appreciate your perspective on the budget, on shared revenue issues. I mean, these might, we might be getting into the weeds on some of this stuff, but I think generally this audience has been, you know, educated. You well, have a smart audience. I, I do. You don't listen to this station because you're a bullet point type of person. I love it. I, yeah. I completely agree, but sometimes it does get a little bit <laughs> in the weeds. Even well, for, don't invite a even C- don't me. invite a CPA to the show. You won't get in the oh, weeds. Oh, there you go. All right. <laughs> so you are involved in the startup community. Can you talk a, a little bit about what that means and what are some of the cool startups we should be paying attention to? Well, there's a hundred different reasons why we want to. They have a vibrant startup community, and there's a lot going on in that space here in Milwaukee. So that's the funders. That's the funds that we have. That is the the underlying companies. So. I really wanted to highlight those companies whenever I have an opportunity to be out and about. Um, so let me just highlight some of them because there's some fun ones. So I, I, are you a dog family? Uh, yeah, I have two dogs. Okay, have your dogs ever ate chocolate? No. You're not supposed to feed dogs chocolate. Well, you're not supposed to, <laughs> but maybe your kids are more responsible than my kids. Oh, okay. But I've had those moments where I'm like, the dog just ate a candy bar. He's going to die. Oh, God. And they, I think they do. Yeah, they die okay. from chocolate. Okay. Like, you can't. They can't eat chocolate. And grapes, too, I think. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so there's a, there was someone who was in, in the chemical industry, uh, out of Germantown and they created a company called chocolate rescue for dogs. So it's like an antidote. It's like a treat for your dog and it's like an antidote to the chocolate. So, you know, if you're not successful getting your dog to throw up and they say it's not good to force vomit anyways, um, and you can't get to the veteran time, this is like a treat you have in your house for that. Hopefully one time, hopefully the kids learn the lesson, right? Yeah. That one time the dog has that chocolate that they actually, oh, you hear that, it, it takes care of it, and the dog's good. And you don't worry about it. Right here in Wisconsin. Right here right here in Germantown. So that's chocolate rescue for dogs. The next one is called Gino.me, and they've raised $2.6 million, and it's, it's a woman, woman-owned company, and uh, one of the early investors is another woman-owned firm here called Gateway Capital Investment. And what it is is that you... If you have health information, including genetic information, you could put it on the site. And then when all these places out there are doing research, they will pay you for your information. So if you want to help out with research for different diseases or different research on all sorts of different things, they will, you put your name in the database. And then when research or studies are happening, they will pay you for your information. Wow. So it's just not out in the public like some of those other places. Right. It's, 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 it's all, you know, it's HIPAA protecting all that kind of that's stuff. Great. But you, you actually get, you know, if that's, if you want to help out science, also be part of it. So that's, that was a, they just relocated to Milwaukee from Madison. Fabulous. So that's, that's a cool, no, other one. The third one is Octane Coffee. Oh. I love coffee. Tell me more. Yeah. So let's talk about <laughs> coffee. So Octane Coffee, their first site is in Pewaukee. And what it is, is a fully automated drive up coffee shop. And they use GPS on your phone, so they know exactly where you're pulling up, and then your coffee's just there. Wow. Yeah, for busy people, this is this is key. Yeah. I'm trying to squeeze with four kids and an army job yeah. and a you know this this job. I'm trying to squeeze every minute out of my day, so I like that concept. It's just boom there. I like it. And the last one I'll point out is Rex Academy okay. out of Brookfield, and Rex Academy is another tangent I get on the importance of immigration because immigrants are much more likely to start businesses than non-immigrants. Great example here. This is an Indian woman immigrant that lives in Brookfield, started this business, and it's online courses in computer science and other technical subjects for for college, and it's a solution of not having enough certified teachers for computer science in our classes. 
So they have an agreement with UWM, uh, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, Information Science Department, and they earn credits towards a degree uh, right there. So it's a private sector solution that's sold to teachers uh, for labor shortage issues, but also making sure that we have this this talent here because we they should because we have Microsoft coming here oh, uh, yes. for the billion dollar investment. So very very important stuff and great great companies. So check out these companies: uh, Chocolate Rescue for Dogs, Gino.me, Octane Coffee, and Rex Academy. So can just everyday people invest in some of these opportunities, or is this pr- like through the chamber, or how do they engage? Well, there's all there's all there's not one size fits all for startups. So there's there's ways startups will do like the one we uh, the octane coffee is we we fundraise it's uh there's like sites where you could do little small investments um a lot of investments though are done by what they call sophisticated investors and the reason they do that is because startups are risky i mean most startups don't make it sure um so what they do is you need to be a sophisticated investor which has certain criteria as far as your assets and your income to make sure that you know when you make an investment you're not putting every dollar you have in something that may fail, right? Very different than like a public mutual fund and a lot of protections, the SEC there. So there's all sorts of legal, that's a legal boring question that even your listeners would <laughs> be interested in the legalities of that. But these are all things that the MMAC is involved with. Not only these huge billion dollar companies, but these small startups, hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not Yeah, less. so Milwaukee has more public companies per capita than nearly every other city in the country. And we want to retain that, and we serve those types of companies. They're big, big employers, and most employees are in in that realm, right? Um, but if you look at a forest, the, the health of a forest is not only those big trees, it's that underbrush of that new generation of trees that's going to be there 20, 30, 40 years from now. So while we're simultaneously, take, simultaneously taking care of our big and medium and small companies, we are also actively engaged in making sure that we have an environment here in the Milwaukee region that is conducive to startups. Well, I appreciate your perspective, and I appreciate your work. You've, you've hit the ground running. You've hit the ground sprinting. I don't know. I feel like there's tons, tons more to work. There's always more work to do. There's always more work to do. Well, Dale Kuyenga, Senior Vice President with MMAC. I'm, you come into the studio once a week, don't you? I'm, well, our office is right upstairs. Yes. And so, yeah, whenever you guys need a guest, you call me and I come, kind of come in a freak. And I was just saying, like, my key fob should just work. So I just walk in here. I feel uh, like you should just go around the corner and request that. Yeah. And you guys should just come upstairs anytime, too. It's <laughs> one love- giant happy family of communicators. I love it. Dale Kuyenga with the MMAC. Thanks for being with us and have a happy Easter. You too. Happy Easter to you.